three, two, one. Let's have a big hand for the Yardbirds, please. And smoke sag lightning. Good afternoon. Listening to Johnny Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country 106.7 FM WRHC out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. I'm John Goldman, sometimes known as Johnny LaSalle, and I'm here with my co host, Adam Conley. Good afternoon. Guitars for Beer Hippies and Bone Naked. What's going on, Adam? How are you doing? All right. Doing some driving. Check out any good shows this weekend or this um, week? I was in Ann Arbor last night and I saw a band that I didn't get the name of. It at the Blind Pig at or the, the Blind Pig? Oh man! It was kind of a, a spontaneous, synthy, atmospheric kind of trancy duo thing. Really? Yeah. Kind of sounds like Anchors. I love yeah, the Blind it, Pig. Yeah, it was kind of Tame Impala-ish. Cool. If it was just with synthesizers and there were no guitars. Well, we have an extra special guest with us today. Who's our special guest, our Adam? good friend, Doyle Martin. All right. What's up, y'all? Doyle Martin from Cloakroom. Uh, good to have you with us today, man. Thank you, John. And we're going to do a couple preliminary things we need to get out of the way. Uh, our show is underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics in New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And uh, today we're going to play some of our favorite songs. And uh, looking forward to talking with Doyle a little bit uh, later in the show. For now, why don't we listen to this song that uh, Doyle wrote and sang on, uh, one of Cloakroom's songs. Here we go.
And that's Cloakroom. It's Doyle Martin's band. We got Doyle Martin in the studio. Here with Adam Conley. What up? Doyle, awesome. Three pimps. We just heard uh, Gone But Not Entirely and Big World from your 2017 album Time Well, right? That's the one. All right. Does that sound familiar? (sighs) Yeah, I've listened to those a couple of times. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Thanks. Just uh, almost ran over my cord there. Don't do that. That's a common studio problem. Yeah, yeah. We recorded that in Chesterton, so like, you know, pretty close. Right, right. studio, that was like the first one that we really took a crack at and recorded it ourselves. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So how did that even work? I mean, you guys have had other albums, right? Yeah. Uh, um, It's just, I don't know, basically convenience, driving uh to the studio or... I get off work at four, and, and then we try to do like five hours at the studio, you know? All right. That's album number what for you? I guess we have... Two and a half? An EP. Yeah, exactly, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got two LPs and then this one like EP. Oh, fair enough. He's very familiar with our discography. I yeah. am. More, more than I not, am. Not you know? as familiar <laughs> as you probably <laughs> are, though. Probably not, right. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I wanted to back it up a little bit, so... Uh, you grew up around here, right? And we're in Three Oaks, Michigan, but you grew up in the northwest Indiana, southwest Michigan area, right? Definitely. definitely. Uh, LaPorte. LaPorte? Okay. School in LaPorte. Yeah. All right, because I, I know that you uh, were friends with uh, Marie Rosner's daughter, Hannah. Of course, uh, yeah. And, um, and she grew up in Bridgman, so I wasn't sure if it was Bridgman or right. LaPorte. Well, all I think right. we all just connected through music that way. I mean, like everybody in this little fertile crescent like on the lake here you know uh <laughs> i kind of attribute that i mean uh, java jim if you've ever seen jim st james play like he uh is this you know acoustic folky guy and uh-huh he had an all-ages venue in laporte and that's where i've met a lot of people is that right oh yeah, oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Uh, all ages venue you know shows are over by like you know 11 midnight or something uh-huh. my mom definitely like picked me up from a late show there yeah <laughs> Yeah. Live live music or oh, yeah. more like dance kind of stuff? Live music, all sorts of touring bands. Uh-huh. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, it was tight. But it was, uh, uh, they let people in who were under 18, and, and that's yeah, how you guys... Yeah, there was no alcohol. I think he pursued a bar uh, later on with music, too. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of young kids that went there and, you know, learned how to play music. Saw a lot of cool bands. Uh-huh. Did you uh, grow up uh, with music in your family? I did. Uh, my ma, she sang at uh, the Catholic Church in Hebron, where uh, I spent most of my childhood. I would go, you know, like do math homework in grade school and listen to them sing. And I still, I can hear some of those hymns, and like I definitely like know how they go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had a great voice. And then we moved to Laporte uh, after my stepdad died. And I was so bummed from moving from Hebron, like little teeny tiny Hebron, and then moving to Laporte. And I was like, man, I'm starting this band in Hebron. I can ride my BMX bike everywhere. <laughs> yeah. By Charleston Chews and like, you know, break <laughs> glass behind Chews. the gas station. <laughs> um, and then we moved to Laporte, which, you know, is like maybe four times as big as Hebron. And then I met all these other musicians and you know, 40 minutes, I get my license and I would drive to Hebron all the time and drink coffee and practice with my band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, you, um, t- what was the first instrument that you started playing when you were growing up? I was playing guitar. So, guitar's been, you're a guitarist now. Guitar's yeah. been your background for since you were growing up and stuff. Yeah, man. Did, 
did you uh, take any music classes when you were growing up, or was it all just kind of self-taught? Um, my uncle Keith taught me like a couple early Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. He was the man. We'd go on fishing trips and listen to Metallica really loud. Uh, but I just got a VHS tape from the library, and I learned like the vocabulary words about guitar. And then I would. So this I, is the neck. This is the neck. You know, this is the bridge. You know, watch oh, your bridge. Uh-huh. Make sure it doesn't break. Right. These are things on guitars. Um, don't break the guitar. Don't break the guitar. There's this cool old man that like was a VHS tape too. I wish I remembered the name of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just watched this VHS tape so that over was and over. Pre uh, YouTube. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the VHS tape. Uh-huh. Simpsons and that VHS tape. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so your um, your mom was a singer, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, what kind of music did you listen to growing up in the house? Um, man, my mom's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, like Talking Heads. Oh right. Oh, wow. the Cure. She liked. Uh, I don't know. She liked like the first Robert Plant record, which is whatever. But you know, I mean, she definitely listen to a wide breadth of stuff uh-huh uh, yeah not top 40 Pogues, music but like you know Joe's digging Strummer. deep and kind yeah. of indie stuff and absolutely cool cool haircuts uh-huh. <laughs> my mom and uh, my aunt celeste you know they went to you know see flock of seagulls and anything from that to like james brown and stuff. yeah they did you know liked a lot of eclectic stuff so how old were you guys how old were you when you moved from hebron to laporte i don't even know I think I, I, yeah. I, I high got school, in the sixth college, grade uh, in junior Laporte. high. Okay. Sixth grade in Laporte. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty formative time. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you had your good friends. It's a tough time to have to move into another spot. So, how, uh, you know, how important was music at that time to be able to make new friends and stuff like that? Super important. That probably opened up a lot of doors for you, you know, yeah. having been a part of a music scene in in Hebron and then uh going to Laporte and yeah. and you know building bridges there and stuff. I think I remember thinking that music was really cool. Like I I remembered this revelation that music was really cool in like third grade because <laughs> I said that I liked Coolio and I liked like the notorious BIG to this girl and she was like an older girl. <laughs> That's tight. You know? Yeah. Jasmina. She was like, that's cool. <clears throat> I was like, dang, music is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. See, see what happens? You yeah. start talking to the older girls about, you know. I mean, anybody, too. Esoteric this musical named, taste. This this kid, Kevin, made me this mixtape of, like, Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac. You know, he's like, you know, these people, like, like, they shot at each other. They're, like, at war with each other. Kill people in the streets, you know. And, like, yeah. He gave me this tape, and my mom listened to it, and she was like, you have to go back to Kevin's mom and say that this isn't allowed in this house. <laughs> oh, boy. You have to like, do it. I was like, yeah. dang, Mom. Isn't that what moms do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think she did have words with uh, with Kevin's mom, but uh, I, that's when I realized music was really cool. Uh-huh. That it could make that kind of impression on people where they uh, – got worried about particular <laughs> yeah. music you were listening to uh-huh. stuff like that yeah. yeah i had stuff taken away too yeah yeah it's like it just makes me want to listen to it more uh-huh. like, well, right why why, why can't yeah. i listen to it? <laughs> when i was in junior when i was in high school all i listened to was the doors oh. I, I had like every tape and and album i can find and 
I think my parents were genuinely worried about me. They're dangerous <laughs> yeah. in their own respect. The this doors. is uh, yeah. back in the 80s, and you know, so he'd only been dead for 15 years or something at uh-huh. that point. And I'm pretty sure that they were like, "Well, Jesus, this dude, you know, he, he's he's dead. Why is why is John so interested in in Jim Morrison?" Well, that's pretty dark. <laughs> and it's kind of dark. Dark Yeah, <laughs> faces are strange. Yeah, man. like horse latitudes. Oh yeah, you well, know? like I still when I hear that, like, uh... yeah, when I hear like that's that like spoken poem kind of stuff that he used to do and uh, horse latitudes and yeah. just. Freaky, you know, kind of doesn't have a place on an album, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cool. It's just like I, every time I hear it, even to this day, it, it's some of that stuff. Is just like, yeah, uh, like I know, just disturbing. <laughs> John wanted great. to be sure. the Lizard King. You know, uh, I, I wasn't. It wasn't my so much the Lizard King. You know, well, but the end has a lot of well, uncomfortable yeah. themes for parents, for sure. Sure, uh, you know. Yeah. And there was that whole thing about his, uh, you know, him exposing himself in Florida. Yeah. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. We know all about that. I still Allegedly. think it's, it's the classic finger, you know, the finger through the zipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little tomfoolery up there. <laughs> And it's almost typical now. Like if you went to a concert now, like that yeah. wouldn't even be an issue. Uh-huh. You know, some the musician taking off his clothes. Look, look at uh, you know Red Hot Chili Peppers. Those Come guys don't even wear shirts. Yeah, and they're like in their fifties. We're talking. That should be a big concern there. Shannon Hoon, that guy was uh-huh. pulling some stuff out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what else? Uh, other than that mixtape, what else were you listening to? And that and Metallica on oh. fishing trips. Like what? Oh, definitely Black Album, and then like. Rap, uh, and then, oh, right and, and then I mean, and a stuff lot around of, the house, to cure, and a lot of the things that my mom listened to yeah, really right catchy songs. She listened to a lot of catchy songs. Yeah. When you first started uh, playing music yourself, what kind of music were you playing? Uh, we were imitating like, that kind of stuff, or no, okay. like stuff I got from the library, like Rancid and Out Come the Wolves, you know, mm-hmm. uh, definitely covered a lot of anti flag songs with my buddies. Um, a little more heavy metal punk kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, like political punk stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I look at you, and I, I guess I've known you for a couple of years. You have this appearance of being real straight-laced, but I know you're not. <laughs> I'm a freak. You're a freak, for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and uh, that brings us to uh, shoegaze or dream pop. I mean, you know, how did you start? getting into that how did you start creating that kind of music um i don't know i mean i i really like that genre of music for a long time i've listened to it since playing in punk bands and playing in like i don't know even like pop punky sort of noodly bands you know i was still listening to to some dreamy stuff you know i just was appealing to me and I like that you can't understand what they're saying, so I can say whatever I want. That's on purpose. I mean, kinda. I I just feel like like shoegaze music too. You know, you're like you get this band together, and they're like, "Well, who's gonna sing?" And you know, you get this reluctant person to say, "Well, you know, I I could I could do it," and uh, just put a bunch of reverb over their vocals. Is that how it worked with you? Were you reluctant, or were you like stepping up, like, "Yeah, I'm the guy." Or was, uh, did you get pushed into it? I mean, definitely when I was recording demos, I, I wanted the vocals to be a, a good thing. And I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I could sing pretty good, you know? I'm tooting my horn over here, but... Uh, well, I mean, did you, like, volunteer yourself, or what, were you... Definitely, you yeah. Know? I mean, when I was younger, I always was the one singing, too. Oh, okay. Right yeah. Right. yeah. 
which is crazy. Like, have you ever listened to yourself? Like, you leave a voicemail for somebody and you hear it. Yeah, I listen yeah. to this show. Right, it's, well, it's yeah. a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I've always hated my voice too. So. Jeez, you've yeah. always hated your voice. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, when I hear it, it's like, it is strange. <laughs> but eventually, you get used to that. Yeah, I, I am. Or now. you, or you don't. Yeah. yeah. So your your current band, Cloak Room, is a three member band power trio. Can we call them a power trio? Love the power trio. All right, uh, and um, who are the guys in the band? Uh, well, oh, Brian Bush and Bobby Marcos, right? Correct. How do you how did you meet those guys? Like, how did this all get formed? Uh, Bobby Marcos definitely from um, from Laporte, like from like Java Gyms and playing with his old bands and getting good at playing music. You know, I was like. Dang, he's always been good at playing music. He's a bass player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does he play anything else? Uh, yeah, he plays guitar. Uh huh. He's a great chicken picker. Yeah. Yeah. Play some folky stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. So I've I've actually heard you playing like some country stuff, you know, on acoustic and sure. So it's a whole different vibe, obviously, than uh, some of your cloakroom music. Well, if you put a bunch of reverb on it, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the same it's music. Kind of, just... <laughs> I mean, yeah. stories and uh, and melodies and stuff like that, and journeys, and, and then uh, journeys. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot of your well, so your latest album is called Time Well. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what a time well is. It sounds almost like a black hole where where nothing no nothing gets out not even like the passage of time hmm. is that is that what you would call time well well it's i'm glad that you're letting your imagination run wild <laughs> you know i think that's a great example of why you know this sort of genre and these sort of lyrics and and sounds are good because you just interpret them for what you are you know and, right right um i read if you if you look up time well, you know, it's sort of this quantum mechanical vocab word. And uh, it just, it started from this UFO that was stuck in Pakistan and these like, you know, U.S. Navy SEALs found it and then they all walked through this portal and they're stuck there for eternity like Groundhog Day or something. And it was Stargate. like, it was like Obama signs off on, on, on Navy <laughs> SEALs caught in time well. Oh, right on. And uh, that was the only thing that came up when I Googled that. And oh, I just thought wow. it was like a good name. And I was like, dang, that's a funny article. And then I found out that this other theoretical physicist who, I've, of course, I can't remember his name right now, but he used it in a couple of lectures. He, uh-huh. he referred to an absence of time in, you know, a theoretical space that you can measure as as a time well okay absolute zero cold fusion i don't know uh uh-huh right right i can kind of see that that it's uh it it, it, it's just sort of like you know reservoir of where time got stuck sure yeah and it's also us in our studio just you know logging away hours hours lost coming on all pale and unshaven yeah it might seem Uh, like that but you did come out with a double album yeah you were productive nothing to throw uh nothing to throw away there for sure sure well since then too we've had a lot of bands come to the studio um and you know record stuff with our with our sound guy zach Uh, he went to school for recording and everything and they've also I, i like that I like going to studios, and I'm sure you like going to studios too. I just like taking tours of studios. <laughs> yeah, I I like seeing what kind of gear they yeah. have. I well, like you and I can both 
just geek out on gear and just oh, true. You know, what kind of volume knob is that on that? You you, know, you got like, eight photos of your studio on a website. I'm gonna look at them. I might even I'm I'm gonna zoom in. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, is yeah. that a cup of tea next to there? <laughs> what kind of, yeah. What kind of I coffee of, maker is that? Yeah, <laughs> I want to know. That's, yeah. No, that's yeah, a great question. Know, Adam. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're making reference to this studio, but this is your sort of uh, recording practice space and all that. How how that come about? I mean, that sounds really cool for the, you guys to have this this uh, facility at your disposal like that. Yeah. Well, at first we rented it, and then uh, our our drummer inherited it because his, his dad died. Uh huh. Yeah. So. so is it in Chesterton? Did you say? Mm-hmm. And um, I won't say exactly where. Yeah, no, 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 no. It should remain a secret, <laughs> absolutely. Uh-huh. But uh, you got comfortable couches and '70s chairs, or you got oh, more upgraded chairs? Oh, we don't have these chairs. chairs. Yeah, no, you're making job. fun of our yeah. chairs in here. No, I'm not making fun of them. I appreciate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting out of this chair. It's pretty nice. It's gonna be buried. In it's it. like I said, we're signing record deals yeah. in these chairs. Yeah, right. Cigars. <laughs> yeah, that's what those chairs are for. Uh-huh. The record deal signings. Oh, there's a tray of martinis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you guys have had this place for a couple of years, and a couple of years. Been able there's to... a couple death metal bands that practice there too. They've All kind right. of been grandfathered in. Uh huh. Um, but I mean, initially we thought it was going to be like a practice space, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just where we record. Just a yeah. big, like, attic kind of thing? Or, uh, yeah, it's like an old office space. An old office space. Mm-hmm. And you Bomb shelter, brought, cave. brought equipment in there, Where too? is this place? I don't need to know. I'm not <laughs> not probing for the location. I'm just trying to get some If you want to record, idea. we can talk, and I'll send <laughs> yeah, you right. an address, a GPS drop. <laughs> yeah. Drop you a just pin. The uh, um, latitude and longitude numbers, not uh-huh. an actual address, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, man. <laughs> consistent with your musical uh writing you know kind of stuff our last record uh the time well uh no it was it was called further out and we recorded it in southern illinois but then we shot this music video of us putting a bunch of gear in a cave and then i just remember telling people at shows that we recorded this record in a cave (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh yeah yeah that was all in a cave (laughs) And we got our buddy from Run For Cover, Alex, to fly out and shoot this music video. And then these comments, they were like, they actually did it. They recorded it in a friggin' cave. (laughs) So it's still recorded in a cave. Nice. Well, the secret's out You just gave it out. I know. No one's been here. Yeah. It's impossible. (laughs) That would be impossible. It would be literally impossible to record in a cave guitars and drums. Whatever. And no outlets either. No I mean, electrical outlets. You know, that would make it hard. You have all these extension cords and stuff. Yeah. No fun. I did take, we uh, we took Bobby's reel-to-reel recording machine. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen one of those guys? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I can't remember what sort of tape it was, but I brought a trickle charger. So when he turned it on, it moved. And I was like, man, everybody's going to think that, like. We've got power down here. <laughs> we live down here. Yeah, that was that was a cool little video trick was to actually make it move with, with a car charger. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the amp lights turned on because of it. Yeah. Surprise. Mm-hmm. They actually did it. Um, got a call in between there, so I'm just I'm pausing here. You need to take it? We but, need to play a song? No. <laughs> yeah, you wanna, we could play a song, but uh, I do want to... Uh, you know, ask about some of these songs that you have on Time Well. So, you know, I mean, the the album name itself, 
implies this, you know, outer space astronomy, but not even like standard astronomy, like, uh, you know, uh, experimental astronomy theories and stuff like that. And, you know, some of your songs, Seedless Star, uh, Gone But Not Entirely, um, you know, where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> uh, I don't know, reading too much, bad dreams, bad trips. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely reading a lot of science fiction, you know, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, science fiction basically. You know, reality sometimes is is scarier than that, so take a lot from reality too. True, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you do most of the writing for the band? Yeah, um, definitely. I talk lyrics with Bobby and Brian too, and you know, just what phonetically makes sense, and uh, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break. Uh, let's listen to a song from Adam. But uh, first, let me uh, just let you guys all out there know we are on uh, Radio Harbor Country WRHC one hundred six point seven FM out of Three Oaks. And WRHZ, 93.5 out of uh, Sawyer, Michigan. And we're sponsored by Harbor Country Hydroponics. Everything you need for growing your own secret stash. And we are Johnny's secret stash, John Goldman and Adam Conley. Guitars from uh, Beer Hippies and and Bone Naked. And uh, let's listen to a song. Uh, hey, Adam, got any suggestions I, yeah, for a song? Yeah, um, I'm... Going with something that Doyle actually turned me on to when we were working together. Uh, found a lot of stuff that way, actually. But, yeah, this is uh, uh, Rocky Erickson, who passed away this week. Um, Rest in well, power. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be some weeks ago when this actually plays. But right. Right, right now it's this week. But, uh, yeah, we got a, a plan of doing a twofer here, with, uh, starting with Two-Headed Dog. And then uh, I walked with a zombie after that. All right, here we go. Take it easy.
Had a little triple play there. Uh, two songs by Rocky Erickson, Two-Headed Dog, and I Walked with a Zombie, chosen by our very own Adam Conley. What, what was that about, Adam? That was some pretty good stuff. Well, like like I said, that's just, you know, it's something I, I heard through Doyle working with him. You know, we would work these long playlists, these shifts where, you know, they're just like, all right, well, have you heard this? You should check this out and whatever. And, um, One of the yeah, original and, psychedelic rock yeah, musicians. Yeah, had kind of an interesting if not difficult life, you know, but, uh, seems a little like bit of was, mental illness. Yeah. And, and what was the story? He got caught, uh, with, with pot in Texas and what was, what was it? They, they just it threw him in a mental institution. In a mental house. Oh you know? man. Yeah. And, uh, oh boy. And, uh, you know, there was some electroshock therapy and probably a bunch of, medication we knew nothing about yeah untested yeah and and it had some rather detrimental effects yeah sure uh but yeah i just passed away this week doyle was the first person i texted about it and so i said you know he said rest in power we got we gotta talk about it yeah Yeah, if you're having me on the show we probably (laughs) should talk about rocky and then that dr feelgood song that was pretty awesome doyle what where'd that come from um well, I feel like it was kind of in the same wheelhouse as Rocky too. Like, uh, I mean, it's just like garage pub rock kind of. Like, oh. I just love that it's a catchy tune. Um, I feel like they definitely bought "Damn the Torpedoes" right when it came out. You know, there were these like <laughs> rough dudes from Essex, the UK. You know, uh-huh. glassing people and stuff with glassing pints, people, and they dressed real sharp, and that was pub rock. That was uh-huh. the genre. I heard that song on uh, This Is England, that show about uh, oh, yeah. you know, like early skins and punks in England, and uh-huh. that song was on it. So what is glassing people? Oh, man. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know, so let me just back up a second. I know that you have uh, done some touring with Cloakroom in sure. Europe uh, last year at this time. Weren't you in Germany and, oh, yeah. and Romania and Paris and England? I didn't get to go England? to Romania. I wish I could claim oh, that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was pretty much everywhere, you know. Um, in mainland Europe, I've played everywhere except, uh, you know, Russia. Um, uh, it's fun. It's a great excuse to travel. But back to classic people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just giving us some perspective. Yeah. I only knew about this term because of this guy that moved to the Pines in the Pines in Indiana. He was this dude from the UK, and he told me about it. But oh, you know, one on twenty, like a long twenty there. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Rough little spot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Leroy's is kind of close to there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you got to uh-huh. have those spots for, for a fertile crescent. You do. You do. A couple dogs in the bar. Uh, yeah. Some crazy dude from the UK telling me about glassing people. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody steals your motorbike, John, you know. Uh-huh. So what, and is then this your, your buddy, what prompts it usually? Yes, usually. Probably a motorbike. Uh-huh. Uh, if one yeah. of the mods steals your exactly. motorbike. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you know, your Vespa, whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And then you find out who it is, you know, from from one of your other buddies, and then you go buy them a pint, and then as they're taking their first sip, you punch them, and then it just cuts them up real bad. Oh, really? Like punch the glass <laughs> into yep. their face? I that's can see a, how that's that would a proper glassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very East Side of London kind uh-huh. of thing. I also yeah. really like Train Spotting. I, I really yeah, Win McGregor. And, yes, yeah, come on, that's he's a great man. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a classic one. I think they're coming out with like a uh, Train Spotting 2. Oh, yeah. That'll I be good. I can't imagine it's going to be amazing. I know. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he, he probably isn't going to be able to fit into those skinny pants anymore. Maybe anyhow. it'll just Who be could? a reboot, right? Not a sequel. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, he's well, we'll see. I guess we'll see. find out. Might fare a little right. better. I was just on tour with this band from the UK, and they all like they all love that Doyle loves colloquialisms in the British. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait, in it. You know, I'm like, yeah. tell, me, <laughs> tell me all your right. crazy slang. Like lift? Yeah, you and, know, uh, a tenor. Uh, they're, they're pretty funny. Yeah, w- what's yeah. a tenor? I've heard of... Uh, a tenor is a, is a half pack of cigarettes. Oh, oh right, right. Sense. Yeah, you get 10 instead of 20. Uh-huh, mm. <laughs> a tenor. Yeah. And in it... Sterling bloke he is. Like a, uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's funny. You're not even trying to say it with an English accent. No, because they'll make fun of me, and, and so will everyone else listening to this podcast. But they, their accents with, you know, like, as me as an American when I say, like, give me a Midwestern accent. And I just think that it's me so hard. Like, my hard Indiana A is, give me a big soda. Like, yeah. that's their impression of us, and it's so funny. You just fill that that uh, role for them. Yeah. Jaguar. Yeah. That's that's my Chicago. version of Jaguar. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they must love you out there. Do you guys have a lot of fans in Europe? I mean, what brought, you know, I, you uh, went all the way there. I'm sure you hoped to be able to fill the venues that you played in. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's always the goal. How awesome. Yeah. Uh, this, we always tour with another band out there of, of bigger, reputable size. And, you know, you got a twofer package. You're, you're touring with a lot of people that uh, you hopefully enjoy for the last, you know, couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll go out there by ourselves, but it obviously wouldn't be as profitable or as fun without some company. Right. Who does the driving when you're there? Do you, does one of you drive? Uh, when we toured with our buds from Chicago, Russian Circles, we hired all through the same company, um, and we uh, they're called Nomads out of Prague. Oh, okay. They drive everybody, and we had this Czech Republic driver named Ozak, who is the man. He's awesome. He's also very jaded and bitter for doing it for like years and years. And he's a man. He's so yeah. funny. I learned little, how to curse a little in, bit tired of you guys. in Czech like so uh. well. I always wanted to sit in the passenger seat because I don't know if anybody else did. Yeah. Got to talk with the Czech driver. Uh-huh. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to start closing out the radio portion but uh, hope you'll hang around, Doyle, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more. That will only be on the podcast portion. I'll be around. Yeah, all right. Uh, you got any shows coming up? I uh, mean, I know you do. We're playing you... a Swale Festival in Michigan City, but by now it's done and gone. There's a lot of people there. Thanks to everybody that came out. <laughs> it was a great show. It was yeah. a great show. Awesome. I didn't break anything. Uh, you know, I didn't lose any chords. Thank you so much, Michigan City. Uh, and then we leave the 20th for an east coast tour oh okay Uh, farthest north we go is montreal i think Uh farthest south uh i don't even know cool so who are you doing that that tour with uh we're touring with this band called pelican Pelican. chicago who are incredible um they just released a new record and uh yeah we're just piggybacking off their fame what about (laughs) okay No excuses there. Mm-hmm. What about uh, this? Don't you have a Metro show June 29th? Yeah. That's Is that a, part of this whole tour? show. All right. Um, we're playing with this 
band Young Widows from Louisville. My buddy Evan plays in them. They're an incredible band, also power trio. Uh huh. So it's Pelican, Young Widows, and us. Uh, it'll be a good one. Awesome. Uh, and that's at the Metro. Yes, sir. What kind of uh, what kind of music do does the other band play? Uh, Young Widows is weird, sort of uh, angular hard western kind of band um kind of sound like the jesus lizard a little bit Uh, very shellac kind of um but i don't know i don't want to pigeonhole them they're a very original incredible band evan also plays in this band called jay jail they're like a jay jail yeah Yeah. you told me about jay jail yeah Yeah. uh, they're just this weird sort of well that's kind of cool that you're playing with this band that you know you uh-huh. got some appreciation for i oh, almost absolutely. saw jj at your house oh damn yeah <laughs> that was a uh, darn it all uh, <laughs> i don't know damn might be all right i think so oh well i guess we'll find out someone <laughs> might tell us it's not I'll go as far as gd yeah maybe all right well uh, let's run out the uh radio portion here Thanks, Doyle. Great to have yeah, you here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you guys so much. You've been sure listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 WRHC and 93.5 WRHZ out of Three Oaks and Sawyer, respectively. Uh, you can also listen to us through the stream at RadioHarborCountry.org. I'm John Goldman. And uh, who we got here? I'm Adam. Yeah. I'm still Adam. Adam Conley from uh, Beer Hippies and... Uh, Bone Naked, guitarist extraordinaire. Guitarist, guitarist. That's the way I would frame it. Guitarist sitting in this chair right now. The guitarist that everyone wants to play with. Motown chair. Yeah, one of the Motown chairs. Uh, Our show is underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And like I said, we're going to close out the radio program with this next song. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, then um, keep listening because we're going to continue with the interview of Doyle. And if you're not, and and if you're only listening to the radio, then uh, make sure you listen to our podcast, which is available through Podbean or iTunes. Uh, and you just do a search for Johnny's Secret Stash. Uh, Good night, radio listeners. Uh, Here we go with a song from Rhinoceros, When You Say You're Sorry. And uh, see you soon. All right.
and we're back. And now we are exclusively Let's on the. Uh, yeah. Now <laughs> we're exclusively <laughs> on the uh, on the podcast, it so bets are off. we can say the f word. I'm still a little well, reluctant to do that, and uh, yo, the s word. Use it appropriately. Which word? Yeah. Right. In in uh, in proper context. Yeah. For sure. We need to bring back proper context of the f word. Not, say, not gratuitous <laughs> use. Yeah. <laughs> Just to describe frivolous use of the F word. No, that's crazy. We're going to talk about the F word the whole time. <laughs> We're just going to allude we still to it. Said it. We aren't even going to say it. <laughs> it's potty humor, gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, we can definitely get into potty humor. Yeah. Should yeah, I talk about the deuce that someone no. left in the bathroom over there? No. No. Let's not get there. Just facing All reality. Right. We were talking about your European tour last year and your upcoming uh, uh, East Coast tour. And glassing. So, and glassing, yeah, which I was not aware of as a term. Yeah. As a, I mean, that's, I guess I don't hang around with people that do a lot of glassing, but. No, you, me neither, man. I, maybe, maybe they just don't do it in front of me. You yeah, know, I just haven't yeah. had what that about, come up. That seems like a broken what about teeth. Gobbing? Kind of, Is that still a thing? Like spitting on the game. people playing? Uh, what? That's spit more, on that's like more. Like you spit on the person playing i mean you know well you don't but. oh like playing music yeah oh uh, that's a fight <laughs> well yeah but i mean did that just evolve into glass <laughs> no 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 no. glassing is a thing of its own yeah a league of its own it's so mean <laughs> it is well yeah you're so prone when you've got a glass at your mouth you know and you're like tipping it back yeah. you know you have no defense at that point so cheers so, mate yeah, yeah i mean that's and then if you don't even recognize that this person coming up to you potentially gonna gla- who's gonna glass you it's, as an enemy, like yeah, that's it seems just very dangerous. European to lull you into this false sense of security. Like, oh, let me buy you a pint, and then uh, now I'm gonna cost ten thousand dollars worth of hospital bills. <laughs> Dental bills. <laughs> John said it in a sentence, and he just sounded tougher. <laughs> <laughs> Glassing. <laughs> if I were to glass you. <laughs> Yeah, that does sound tough. It's very ominous. Oh man, you gotta watch out for that glassing. Yeah, you do. Uh, what what's nagling? Nagling was uh, a black metal project I recorded with my buddy Doug, who just recently passed on a motorcycle. Oh, it was like five weeks ago. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, he's thirty three. He's Jeez. the man. Um, fearless, incredible drummer, incredible friend. I don't know who's gonna change the brakes on my Subaru now. Yeah. Uh, or play drums. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there was a little side project he had going. Yeah, it was a side project we had. We talked about it for years. I've always jammed with this guy. I saw his bands at uh, Java Gyms, which we talked about uh-huh. way back when, you know. You're kidding. So this guy was somebody who a couple years older than you that. A couple you years older than me. Respected to... him as a musician. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you started doing this project with him. Mm-hmm. So what kind of music was Nagling? Was something you wrote or uh, just um, kind of just jammed with him and came up with stuff? Yeah, it was like a, I mean, it was a collective effort for sure. He would play guitar parts on drums, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Adam. Like, you know, you don't play through the beat. You're just Lars Earl Rick play, or something. You're playing the riff on drums. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? right, right, right. And uh, we always had like the same idea of how to play guitar on drums so i don't know we jammed for a long time and uh we finally recorded some songs thank goodness at at your studio yeah do you get what do you call the studio you have in uh in that uh undisclosed location we're calling it time well 
Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to the time well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that wasn't a joke. Like you're when you guys are there, losing time or having it just sit there, you are actually in the time well while that's all happening. You're in the time well, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, uh, I'm sorry to hear about your friend. That's, that's uh, okay. That's a Thanks. shame. And what band was he in? Uh, he played in this band called No Greater Love. It was like first wave metalcore. Uh, he played in this band called DeLorean, which is like another inception of them. And it was just basically all great musicians that got together and, you know, recorded some metal songs. And uh, I don't even know if there is a recording floating around, but uh, they're hometown heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they were playing at that uh, juice bar. Yeah, juice bar, espresso bar. I don't know. All Their espresso bar is probably pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what is one of your favorite places to play around here, like in this area? Oh, um, well, it's funny that Adam brought up being in Ann Arbor and uh, going to the Blind Pig. Right. Uh, the Blind Pig is awesome. Really cool little venue. Uh, I I just love Ann just Arbor as a city. Pack them in there, yeah. Yeah, you know, skinny little venue. It's kind of like the Beat Kitchen in Chicago, you know, just mm-hmm. like a very long, linear venue, which I like. Um, you know, the thing like that, the hideaway, that, hideaway, hideout. What's that one called? Over oh, in, the uh, hideout is awesome. Like by the too. river over there. Where is that? You guys played there. Yeah, you where? played there. It's kind of in that uh, industrial park. Yeah, it's actually closing down now. Oh, of, uh, in the city, Lincoln yeah. Yards, is it? Yeah. Did that come through? Is there a Lincoln it, Yards? Oh, they didn't save it. They I, didn't save the hideout. Yeah, oh, that's I a shame. Think that yeah, that place. Uh, yeah, I sorry, I lost track of, track of where that was. Uh, but that's yeah. long and skinny. That's what got me thinking. Yeah, about that, that was we described it as it looked like a church basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. There was curtains and checkerboard everywhere. You know what I noticed about, you know what stood out to me about the blind pig was that there was carpet on the walls. Yeah. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, you know, this is a fire hazard. It <laughs> a purpose. Like why, why are the walls carpeted <laughs> and the floor is not, you know, right. Like, Sound proofing on the walls on this studio right now. We could, we don't, we but have a fountain that's in, in opera. Carpet on the floor. Not operational. Yeah. And there's so much velour on those 70s chairs that yeah. we were talking about before that uh-huh. that probably absorbs a lot of sand made out of this chair. I can't believe that I didn't notice until now that there is a non-working fountain, <laughs> a waterfall. Well, wait a minute. I'm not sure if it's non-working. It just isn't on yet. Plug it in, John. <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I'm not sure how to plug it in. It. But this, was, this room was actually one time a swimming pool. Wow, I'm not sure how that was happened this a in bank? here. Yeah, isn't there? There's <laughs> well, like a window, a window on the other side of the building. Well, yeah. It's like a drive-through window. I know this is a crazy building. It is wild. But, this is good uh, We we can't tell our listeners too much more about the building because uh, you know we'll be just it's overrun the, with uh, fans and the center you know. of the Earth's molten core. <laughs> Dude, this <laughs> yeah. is luck finding it. This is a time well in itself. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> We're still sitting here. I know. It's I like, talked about recording studios, and and I feel like they're kind of like a sacred space. Yeah. Everybody has invested so much time into this building. You know, like people have come up with crazy creative ideas in this sort of building. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, well, I'm gear, a superstitious. I'm a knock on yeah. wood kind of person, but I really like the idea that a lot of people have put in work in whatever sort of structure you're in. Well, I think gear yeah. gear carries. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mojo, like you know, this is probably a lot, of, a lot of donated gear that's probably 
seen a lot of different environments and mm -hmm. people playing through it and you know it's like old guitars have songs in them you know and like yeah yeah you know, but there you this go. can't be a time old there's three clocks on the wall all displaying different times yeah out there so <laughs> it's not like this an is a, hour a proper a hour difference studio, there would be no clocks on the wall it's like uh, halftime one says you know like 725 one says two yeah, well, we have 45. Los Well, you got Los Angeles, you got Three Oaks, and then the rest of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Is that so you can call your constituents? I, I, I guess. I don't uh, know. Uh, anyway. Did you guys just play Immigrant Song? We did, like, two minutes ago. What are you guys doing in Los <laughs> Angeles right now? Yeah. A little time warp play action. Immigrant Song. It's red hot. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids uh, want to hear the immigrant song. I got I got another question. What kind of equipment do you use? I mean, a, a guitar, okay, but you know, with all the feedback and all the distortion, I'm sure you've got it going through all kinds of pedals yeah, and stuff let's like talk that. Gear. Let's sure. Talk about your gear. <laughs> wow, take it downstairs to the pedal board. <laughs> <Yeah. immediately. laughs> half half the listening audience just turns the radio it. off. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how to change the brakes on my Subaru. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, you're a Fender guy, though, right? I'm a Fender guy. I play Telecasters. I love a guitar that's one piece of wood. If it's a bolt-on neck, I can't play it correctly, or I'll bend it out of tune. Um, and I use a, a, a Big Muff that I got from my barber in Laporte. He was like, do you want this before you?" I, I give it to Goodwill. Fuzz pedal. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Um, and that's like, I mean, what Jimi Hendrix used. It's good enough for him. It's good enough for the Smashing Pumpkins. It's good enough for me. Yeah. All um, right. And my my barber was definitely like being facetious when he said, I'm just going to give it to Goodwill. <laughs> I think he knew what he had. Yeah, yeah. And I always tip him really well. Uh, but yeah. it's just that single pedal? No, I've got a oh. couple of delay pedals too that uh -huh. are also made by Electro Harmonics. They're a really old pedal company. And also you can buy pretty much most things at a guitar center. So if something breaks, you can replace it immediately. Yeah. Which is crucial. Sure. Yeah. That's how you can tell I don't tour. Yeah. <laughs> you got some wild things. a lot things. of just stuff I've modded and, yeah, you know, like, I one-offs that I've bought from people. And right. Like yeah, you've got, no, Conley, you've got one of the most amazing uh, pedal boards that I've seen, like, it keeps changing, and you get all kinds yeah. of colorful. And then about a month ago, I got really sick of it because it crapped out at a gig, and I, I threw my pick across the room, and I said, "I'm just going straight into the amp," and it was like, "Oh crap!" Holy cow! Like, do you remember playing guitar? You know, oh, and it was like, and I, I, I had one nine volt, so I allowed myself one pedal and uh, a fuzz. It was an overdrive, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, I went and sat in with with Steel in the Farm a couple weeks ago, and it's, I, I I took a guitar and amp and one pedal, and it was like I haven't done this in literally fifteen years. Who are you, you Neil know? Young? Yeah, yeah. Neil Young's got a bunch of crap going. Yeah, on. Sure he has he things does. with servos that like move knobs so on their weird. own. Yeah. yeah um, but so I, I did have a, a mighty pedal board. I, I I'm strongly considering not using any of it hmm. you know and just going full full oh exposure you know yeah I, 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 i'm yeah exposed and vulnerable yeah but i i have to have a delay pedal though so maybe we'll have two but you yeah. can slide up if you yeah. hit that wrong note yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need a lot of slide up yeah 
you hit that wrong note, the delay pedal though, and you didn't hear it forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. But my pedal board is small enough; it's like the size of a shoebox. Uh huh. And I put it in my check bag so I can put it in my overhead. Yeah. So I know where it is all the time. Sure. Yeah. It's and the backbone. You can borrow a guitar, but I totally you know. could. Yeah, and an amp. And an amp. What what amp do you use? Uh, I play this amp called uh, an Earth G1000. This guy used to work for PV in mm. like the late 70s. And then he stole a bunch of their designs and then started his own company called Earth. And uh, <laughs> he... Um, you heard it here. He was, <laughs> you heard it here. He um, was like served multiple cease and desists and uh, he stopped. And he made amps for like three years. And they're not very expensive, but it's a bass amp, and I play guitar out of it. Right, you, right. You can find them on, you know, eBay for like five hundred bucks. Earth amplification, baby. Uh huh. All right. Where are well, they you based? Can't out replace of? that if it goes down. I feel like they're in the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was based out of the East Coast. Wherever PV, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe PV was like Mississippi. PV made really cool things for a long time, like in the seventies too. Leonard Skinner played all those like yeah. PV Roadmasters. Just like, can you imagine them like having four of them playing? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that'd be really like, loud. Each have three stacks. Super loud. Yeah. Well, PV made the fifty one fifty. Which, mm. how many fifty one fifties have you encountered on on the road with playing with other bands? I mean, oh, uh, definitely like metalcore bands. You know, that yeah. was like the Excalibur of metalcore. You sound super good. You play through like a noise suppressor in a fifty-one fifty, and that is like the tone. yeah, your side. Yeah. No, when you when you go to Europe, do you take the Earth amp? Or I do don't. You, do that you, would you be rent? crazy expensive. It's <laughs> yeah. like you know, I mean, it's a heavy it's amp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, but I rare. take uh, I I recently rented two twins, so I'll have a twin on each a side. Twin? Yeah. Nice. Okay. And um, you can turn one up super bassy, and then the other one, you know, you keep as a regular guitar amp, and then it sounds good. Yeah. Um, I toured with this band Nothing from Philadelphia recently, and that was the setup that we did. But it's also a four-person band, uh -huh. so there's another guitar, and his twin was right next to my twin <laughs> and i like wouldn't ask for any of him in the monitors yeah, you know yeah. like as soon as he'd be uh, bombarded yeah <laughs> like uh nikki is their singer's name and as soon as he would turn on one of these pedals you know like his volume is not stage volume anymore it's like a crazy swell or something so i i like started angling my amp a little bit you know or even if i played on the other side of him you know it made yeah. more sense <laughs> But as a three-piece band, two twins makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Does anyone else plug into the? Do, does uh, um, Bobby on the bass plug in to the amp as well, or he has his own? No, amp? he's got his own thing, yeah. and it's okay. an acoustic. Um, there, it was this company called Acoustic. They make oh. solid-state amps, and they're all really good. Like you could yeah. throw them down a flight of stairs. <laughs> you could play guitar out of them like in a metal band and sound huge. Um, Acoustics. I can't yeah, remember what love those he things. has. It's... Well, I will say, as a three-piece band, you guys have so much sound. I mean, you know, Thanks. it's a, it's so it's such a full sound, yeah. which you know you expect to have more instruments into something like that. But yeah, it's so full and the distortion and uh, and all that. I'm sure that contributes. 
<laughs> you're, it does. you're I mean, nodding like okay <laughs> i try to play you know as, as much as i can because i'm the the only guitarist yeah which is you know I, I i try to sing too you know so it's hard to achieve that sort of balance of, of singing and playing guitar but uh get a couple of pedals keep it cryptic <laughs> keep me tucked in the mix vocals tucked keep it greasy all right yeah <laughs> vocals tucked is it uh, does that mean like hard to understand what's being said? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Also, it, I mean, if I'm not playing through, you know, a hundred thousand dollar PA system, you're not going to hear my vocals at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, even on the recordings where you have an opportunity to increase yeah. the volume of the vocals, you choose not to. That's yeah. part of the the style of the music. Yeah, it's more of an instrument, a melody. So when you um don't play with cloakroom do you uh get into other genres of music well definitely nagling was you know like hard ass suicidal black metal (laughs) i mean it's uh it was really good it was very nihilistic like incredible all go no slow sort of music Uh but then i also you know will uh host an open mic night every once in a while and do some hank williams songs yeah something like that's what i heard you playing a little hank williams yeah that sounded great on an acoustic too oh totally yeah so you've got a a a very varied uh uh style and uh yeah um try to play a lot of blues too we were talking about yeah belly's portrait up here Yeah, yeah yeah which uh embarrassingly i thought was uh, robert johnson all these years but also uh, a great musician who cares yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we're washed over by lead belly and muddy waters right not um, that they care no well, they, uh, they care yeah my buddy from nothing nikki his apartment in manhattan as we're walking by he's like oh check this shit out and it's lead belly and he he lived like you know in the fourth floor like for a couple of years in manhattan yeah and he's got like this nice little bronze plaque oh cool i was like dang Uh you know this is uh this is what you do you you cut your teeth out here in a small apartment and play music right you know uh all i mean even muddy waters was uh probably one of the more famous blues players from his time yeah and in the 60s and you know, he was still playing at the Checkerboard Lounge, uh, you know, yeah. just a little uh, dive bar kind of blues place uh, back into the 60s and, and into the 70s. And and at the same time, you know, bands like the Rolling Stones were so enamored with a guy like Muddy Waters. You know, they named their band well, after one of his songs. Muddy Waters and, is a stone-cold pimp, though. Yeah. You, know, like, you, you watch those videos of that guy, and it's it's... You know, it's like that. That guy was just commanding everything. Yeah, band, the stage, the crowd. All right, we got a creaky door. Yeah, Joe's here. I'm not sure. There's a ghost. (laughs) Here we go, talking about Lead Belly and Muddy Waters. Yeah. Um. So let's. uh, We talked about uh, what you got coming up. Any new projects coming up? I mean, I know you got this East Coast tour ending at the Metro. Um, You were doing this thing, the nagling. Um, thing with uh, your friend. Are you gonna um, distribute any of that music from Nagling, or d- we're did gonna you... make some tapes? Yeah. Uh, I definitely put it on Bandcamp, you know, just to to generate some money for for his oh nice ones, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Um, so I put that on there, and a lot of my friends are really susceptible to that, and you know, donated, and you know, hopefully we bought 
some groceries or you know yeah, covered some, some of the catering costs some or something for or something. his memorial yeah um, we always joked about doing cassettes i mean we both still have tape players so um i don't know maybe okay i'm gonna bury him in the dunes yeah good one yeah that's nice <laughs> we'll find them uh, all right. Well, we uh, are really happy to have Doyle Martin here with us today, and yeah. we got to close out. Um, Hope you'll come back. This is the end of the podcast, and uh, you were listening to us on uh, Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 and 93.5 WRHZ out of uh, Three Oaks and Sawyer, Michigan. And wherever you find your podcast. And wherever you find your podcast. Yeah, this is uh, going to be on Podbean or iTunes, Johnny's Secret Stash with John Goldman and Adam Conley. And again, thanks, Doyle. Yeah, really thanks great so having you here. Really out. appreciate this. What a cool radio station. Over and out.